Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say we have Ruan here today, who is a partner at Jump Innovation. How are you doing, Ruan? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Tom. Yourself? Ah, very good, buddy. Um, listen, really looking forward to chatting to you, but can you start off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself and your career to date so far? For sure. Uh, yeah, Ruan McLaughlin is my name. I am a partner in Jump. Uh, I'll tell you about Jump in a second, but I guess my background is over the years, I kicked off in media, in uh, media planning, buying in London and Hong Kong, and then back to Dublin, uh, working in advertising agencies as a long way. Um, I have uh, joined my good friend, Paul Kelders, who heads up Jump. Uh, back in 20, 2005, uh, the, the company had been going about a year and a half before that. And uh, yeah, we are a, a an innovation agency. We deliver for uh, mainly uh, consumer-facing brands um, in, in Ireland, but probably more so internationally and globally, uh, delivering, uh, helping those guys with uh, brand strategy, uh, with uh, strategic planning systems for teams, for, with um, uh, innovation strategy, innovation pipeline and concept development, uh, insight work and the strategic implications that, that come from that. And uh, cultural insight in London, we have a unit which is cultural insight studio as well. So there's a focus on that. Brilliant. And let's dive into that for a little bit. So you say media buy-in and obviously improving brand awareness a lot of the time. Um, can you give me example of how you guys go about that? What, what you actually do in that space? Okay. Uh, so uh, once upon a time, I did media buying and planning at my early part of my career. Absolutely out of that now for 20 years, right? So what we work on is actually overarching brand strategy and the innovation that might come for that. Those would be two big areas. What that involves is, um, yeah, figuring out uh, what's the, it, 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 we can come in at many different levels and it depends what stage of development a brand and a team are at. Uh, what it can involve is figuring out is, what's the, what's the path to growth? What are the hurdles they need to overcome? Where are the opportunity? What are the opportunity spaces to growth? What market are we in? How do we map that market? It may not be the obvious market you, you immediately think you're in. How do you think about your market in a different way? If you identify an opportunity space, what's the human way into that? What are the motivations and insights that um, allow you to start connecting and exploring that in a different way? If you figured that out, do you have a vision for better? In, in that space? What are you bringing to the world? Uh, what do you want to bring to the world uh, it, it, for your business as a brand? Well, uh, what what's the big change in, in what people think or what people do that, that you want to affect with your brand? And if so, growth uh, should come. And with that challenge in mind, what's the big idea that your brand wants to stand for that's going to be at the heart of your brand uh, in everything you say and do and the behaviors of your, your people? What's the insight that you connect with continuously with people? 
um, that that's meaningful to them. That's that typically is well beyond a category insight that is either at a human insight level or a cultural insight level. That's not to say category insight isn't of value. Of course, it is for those that are in market. Uh, but we're, we're at a strategy level, we're often working at a, at a, uh, a level before that. Um, if you uh, if you understand what you, you want to stand for and can stand for, if you understand what people are looking for and the needs they have, well, what's your pitch? What's the promise that you're making? Again, in everything you say and everything you do, threading right through, I know you've got a digital focus, but from digital to above the line, uh, to events, to the people behind your counter, to your customer service online, it should there should be one if you like a piece of paper, if anyone uses paper anymore, there should be one piece of paper that binds all of these things together. And then fundamentally over all of that, what's the tone of voice that you, um, that you, that, that's going to really help you bring that home and open people's minds to, to what you're about. So what, what our job is, uh, and that's all of that is brand strategy element of it. Our job is to help our clients, um, identify where the big wins are and knit together those elements uh, in a way that's going to make an impact to consumers, but of course be deliverable by their people, their teams, the resource they have as well. If they can bring all of that together, then they're in a position perhaps to actually innovate and start finding right new uh, new spaces for growth. What could, what could be created? Uh, how can you lever that, that great core of your brand that you've found into new things and new deliverables. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a bit to be getting on with. Yeah, no, it is. But like, uh, I suppose the big thing there, especially because big businesses, more data and stuff, but how do you go about doing this kind of market research? How do you identify the data yes, points? Yes. And then how do you collect them to, to, to make these strategies? Yeah. So there's a, there's a few different levels that, that you need to think about. Um, there is, of course, um, uh, how to uh, so so we would uh, we'd have a certain amount of access to uh, thing you know uh, AI data scraping services and that so there's there's a bit of that uh, that that we would use. We are always on a ear to the ground on on what's emerging in culture and what's shaping the world. And those things that are critical to shaping the world uh, aren't always in the last survey that says, hey, people are moving from A to B. Um, you know, the, the, you need a nose of curiosity and a sense of what can be important and what could be significant. That is, of course, not fail safe. And, you know, the word data almost include, uh, you know, it, it implies a, a, an absoluteness of understanding. And, and that often isn't there. Having said that, we, you know, with our bigger projects, we would very often go in right up front with uh, quantitative work to understand the category, to understand behaviors, to understand out of all of the wins that people are taking from being in a category or being with the brand, which, which are really carrying weight, which have heat. We then use qualitative research to uh, really get under the skin and have good conversations with people. Um, and then ethnographic and immersive work as well in people's homes or with them, at, you know, whatever the relevant situation is, to actually to do our best to observe 
to feel the vibe that they feel, to be in their shoes. You might just go go walking with someone through the city and see the, take, let them take you where they will and uh, have the conversation that goes with that. And our job as strategists um, is to have our ears attuned at a bunch of different levels to what people are saying and to be able to pick up on the nugget that is there that they're on, they're not aware of. They will use a word along the way and we can go, aha, that's something that's actually more meaningful than you might think. And because it joins up with something else or whatever the, the situation is. So the answer to your question is um, multiple sources and multiple ways of of thinking as well. And then I guess with any of this, it's yes, you read the data, you draw a conclusion, but ultimately you need judgment to, to actually identify what is of value. What could you or your brand actually do something with and make a difference with? And um, that's, uh, you know, that's fun to, to be on that chase. Yeah. And uh, you've, you've made a good point there, but can you tie it all together by, could you give me an example of a campaign or something you've done maybe a few years ago that you're really proud of where you did pull in all these different data sources and, and you yeah. produced an outcome that you were really happy with professionally? For sure, yeah. Well, um, the, one of our clients is Heineken. We work with Heineken globally, uh, on the, uh, usually on the non-alcoholic basis, uh, beyond, you know, beyond the beer itself. Um, if you think about it, as the world moves to less consumption of alcohol, if you're a brewer, you're, you still can brew. You just uh, aren't necessarily brewing with alcohol. So what do you do with that resource? So that, that's a super interesting question that, you know, those guys have, have in their minds. And one of the, one of the areas that they do business in is one that, that you might know much about, but it's malt drinks in Africa. Uh, of all things. And uh, they saw an opportunity for a malt refreshment drink um, across the African continent, but they've no brand. Uh, they've an idea of a product, but no brand and no real platform to put the brand on. So uh, we uh, brought a cultural uh, inside approach to that work. And uh, we certainly in, involved in doing that. You, you absolutely, uh, we would have done exploratory conversations to understand the lives of people, of different people in different parts, the key markets in Africa, understand their, their hopes, their fears, their dreams, their preoccupations at a life level, at a daily level. Where does, um, where do beverages fit into that? Where does refreshment fit into that? What's the win? The, the, there's a win here beyond just quenching, quenching your thirst. You know, what, what, what is it? Um, that's one side of it. We would also have worked on uh, collaborating with different um, cultural and creative groups uh, in different markets and bringing and, and then a whole pile of desk research that there's a whole act, a bunch of cultural uh, themes that are being identified from all different quarters that if we bring if we kind of bring that kind of triangle of sources together we're able to identify emerging cultural themes and beliefs and attitudes that are pervasive across African societies uh, that uh, 
people relate to. And what we're able to do then is turn those into what we call innovation platforms because they're based around a human challenge, a human need, a human desire. And that's something that ultimately a brand can choose to, to relate to and make sense within. So exploring those, those needs platform that are kind of culturally based, we will built out uh, what we call ideation, uh, which is a terrible word for uh, thinking of new things, uh, creating <laughs> ideas, <laughs> falling into the trap of using it. But anyway, it's creating ideas that, um, are uh, we create a whole spread of different potential brand ideas. We already know roughly what the product is, but there are many different ways of relate. If, we, if we've got our eyes on three or four big platforms, then there are many ways into that. We can create a brand that's about a certain thing that re- is relevant to that. So we, we create a bunch of different options. They become what's called concepts. Uh, they get evaluated, sense-checked with people, tested ultimately. And from that, uh, and, and then we, we develop brand naming uh, as, as part of that. And from all of that, uh, what our job very often is or where we, we arrive at is a briefing for, um, for uh, clients, act, what we would term activation agencies. So uh, design, comms, PR, digital um events so all of these different ways of activating the brand we're briefing them there's a we're super clear on why this brand should exist what it stands for how it's to connect with people what the big promise is here's the name here's the vibe here's the tone of voice go create you know do great work we're giving you a, a clear focus but a whole bunch of creativity uh, potential to uh, to do good stuff on, on it so that brand now is called Zag Z A G G, in in Africa, and uh, yeah, it's an energy. It's actually a malt energy drink. It's bigger than Red Bull now in the in uh, the key markets that we've launched. So super pleased to to see that sort of thing happening, and um, yeah. So all of that is bringing together that fun that starter evaluation of what's the what's the culture what are the cultural vibes on the rise here that we could tap into okay now what ideas do we have that could be a drink in a can or a drink in a bottle do we have a name what's the brief how do we create a really smart launch pad for agencies to create awesome work from uh, is our our objective so um hope that answers your question yeah it does and and, and that's brilliant because I now get a better understanding of how you like you place the strategy. And so would you have categories? So like you mentioned all the different activation techniques, if we'll stick with the, the South African uh, example for a second, would you say, so like these are the events you should sponsor or create, these are the personnel or influencers or whatever else that you might want to be associated, the brands then the, mm. the placements, billboard wise or comms wise, yeah. uh, PR. So you almost silo out all the different suggestions of an activation project, and then the client kind of goes, "Oh, this is what we're going to go with, and these are the applications we're going to go with." And and then from there, do you guys work with an agency then to to kind of yeah. produce the assets to have your vision in place, or do you go? Um, how how do you go about that? Okay, so. 
we don't get down to the detail of which outdoor route, which influencers, what digital strategy. Along the way, it may become apparent that there are, there are activation opportunities that the client and the relevant activation agency would, you know, do well to consider. That seems to be a, a relevance and an opportunity. So that may well be flagged along the way. But we're kind of getting out of the way in a way at that stage. We've given the brief. It's clear the client team will typically want to bring that on. We, Of course, we uh, will be involved in consulting along the way, in evaluating results that, that uh, or not results, creative outputs that are put forward. Uh, after all, we've, we've identified an insight. Uh, the, the way these things work is sometimes when it, when it, passes the more more hands it passes along the line the more opportunity there is for something to become blurred someone new brings in a new idea uh, what about this and it's it's easy for the upfront work to kind of you know lose its weight a little bit so it's quite important that there is a voice that says yeah i, I love your creative output it's really cool but you know what it doesn't hit the brief it doesn't hit this insight it's doing something different and we're clear why we want to do this thing. So yeah. there is that sense check that's required. But when it comes down to, yeah, I want to put together a digital strategy um, uh, and maybe there, there are types of influence or role of influence are in that, that is really, that would typically be for the comms or digital agencies to, to balance the resource that takes versus the overall goal and what other options are are there. Um, and, and I think it's it's kind of interesting when you think about the, you know, quite often the, you know, the challenge that the, I think if if if, if digital is is where your headspace is at, the, I think that the challenge that is out there for digital, uh, and and I think it's a great opportunity actually rather than a challenge is to really prove its case as a brand bu- brand building channel, not uh, not just an activation channel. And I think, you know, it's a, it's an incredibly new, you know, in the scheme of things, it's a very new medium. It's only X, X number of years it's, it's been with us. And it is, of course, the most measurable thing on earth, you know, which is wonderful. And it's also not wonderful uh, because what what's happening is that the, the measurement of sales and profitability effects of media of non-digital media of the tvs of this world is really catching up and and what it's actually showing is the the superpower of those media in terms of brand building over long term um and how uh, an order may have evolved of and and it's order that's waiting to be broken but of tv and big media like that brand build uh, online and things like that uh, activate, and the the challenge that I think that that has for digital media generally is that you know that there's a lot of work out there. There's only a small minority of consumers are in market at any time. There's only a, you know five percent is a figure that gets thrown around. That therefore there's only a certain amount of um, uh, there's only a certain upside for that activation. If 95% are not in market, that activation message ain't super relevant. But what is relevant is the opportunity to create emotion to, um, uh, and, and through that create memory structures and memorability so that when they are in market, they're primed 
right? And so I think it's a great opportunity for digital to be part, much more now part of that greater brand building task again for the 95, not the five. And I think things, for example, we know that video, audio visual creates emotion, is a sensory um, experience which builds emotion. Video on digital is, of course, becoming more and more prevalent. It's, it's really taken off. When you think about it, um, video on your mobile, it's sensory, but it's even more sensory than watching television. I've got the mobile in my hand, you know, that there's touch where there isn't another. So there's work coming out lately that talks, that speaks to high attention media and ha and the value of that coupled with creative, coupled with the size of brand and category for generating um, sales, generating profitable growth. Um, and I think that there's, uh, there's opportunity for the digital world perhaps to reframe itself or reposition itself and, and prove value in, in that, that big, big brand building task as well. What and do you think kind of the digital sorry. person? And um, you, you've made so many good points there, but I suppose where would you see as the biggest opportunity now in digital in the industry to apply it? So, so is there particular platforms? Is there particular content types that you would lean on? What, what do you see as the biggest opportunity right now for that space? Um, I would see, uh, I would see proving the case of effectiveness of audio visual work, uh, uh as the big opportunity. Um, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, one of the things that, uh, your, your podcast is called Digital Marketing Insights. And that's cool. But I almost say, I wonder why is it digital marketing insight? Why is it just digital? Like a, the, an insight is an insight. So yeah. I think there is a little bit of siloing that, that can go on. Again, I, it's, I think it's, you know, it's a new medium. It's a whole new world. It's a whole new language that has grown up over the past couple of decades. It's totally understandable. But it may, you know, I, I don't see, uh, you know, I don't see people in the industry talking about radio marketing insights and outdoor marketing insights. It doesn't work like that. And I do accept there's a whole, um, you know, commercial engagement in, in digital, of course, that there, there is, it's, there's e-commerce and all of those things that get, kind of get blended in. But um, I think for digital to find its way of not being the digital marketing insight people, it's actually being part of the marketing insight world validly uh, I, I think that is something for maybe for the industry to think about. Yeah, really good point. And lastly, Ron, I have to ask you this question, which is the question I throw at everyone at the end of the show. Right. But if you could bottle up one personality trait that you have yourself that you could pass on to others, what would it be? Uh, well, I think I don't know. I don't claim to have any more than anybody else, but the one personality trait I'd love for people and businesses to display that, that, uh, is of huge value and huge fun as well as creativity. And to, um, you know, again, there is work coming out now that shows that dull doesn't sell. Creek surprise and creativity that drives surprise sells. 
So there's actually right now a piece of creative doing the rounds. I think I've seen it four times now on LinkedIn the past two days, uh, doing the rounds, which is a TV commercial from Norwich City Football Club, of all people. I don't know if you've noticed it around the Samaritans. Uh, And so you've got a a fantastic example there of a pretty simple creative idea that generates surprise, that creates emotion, that is something we remember. And Samaritans and Norwich Football Club suddenly, bump go up a notch in our, in our minds. So for me, um, the superpower that our industry has is creativity. That's why clients come to us. And whether it's digital or, or any other part, I, I think that that is something for us to nurture and really make the most of and have a bloody good time doing it. Yeah, love it. Love it. And Rowan, if anyone wanted to reach out to you, touch base with you, how can they do that? Uh, Ruana at jumpinnovates.com. LinkedIn, of course, is there uh, as well. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I've got five different Instagram accounts, but you might want to go there. Ruana yeah, Black. I checked out your photography. It was brilliant, in fairness. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got a website as well, ruanamclaughlin.com. Uh, so that's something that I uh, do a bit of, but now look, that that's a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah. By all means, email or Instagram. Uh, not tweeting or xing. What's from the digital world? Tell me about X and Twitter. Like, I, I noticed X, Twitter now changed its name to X, but no one's calling it X. Every I see the, there was a little bit of X, formerly known as Twitter, went on for about a week, and now it's just it's Twitter. <laughs> what do you think yeah. about? Well, like, you know, I think Elon Musk is kind of rebranding to be more in line with his other adventures, SpaceX yeah, yeah. and things like that. But then more importantly, I think he was trying to remove the whole what Twitter was and what it stood for because he's trying to go more like what they've done in, in China with We, where We chat yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and We taxi driving services and, and that side of things. So I, I think... I, I personally think that whole, they're trying to get rid of Twitter because Twitter was where you tweet and check news and stuff. I think the bigger players, they're trying to use their app to take over, to, to, to be included in food deliveries. And that, that's why I think the big players. So, yeah, yeah. It, it will and happen. Twitter so. wouldn't stretch. So we need to uh, to reinvent to do that. I get it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting. It's a big prize, but tough challenge to get there. Yeah, and how how good is that to have one dominant business? I'm sure it won't be, but you know, I mean, it's uh, it's scary yeah. when someone wants the whole pie. Um, yes, but yeah, honestly, thanks Great, so much Tom. for doing this thank show. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks everyone for watching, listening, everything else. Thank you. Take care.